Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tauber-Kenturis. And ladies, today we're going to jump right in, talk about health and how to optimize health in mind and body because we are starting off a brand new year, which is going to be a year full of possibilities and opportunities. And as always, we get to be active participants in that and do our part. So today I'm going to share with you eight tips for how you can begin to really optimize your health in both mind and body starting the year strong. So let's jump right in. The first is to start your day slow and with intention. Now let me be clear on this. I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm not talking about hitting the snooze. Quite the opposite. What I am saying is, one, don't hit snooze. But two, start your day with intention. Start it with a moderate pace. Start it with the way in which you want to experience the rest of the day. Because how have how many of you have noticed when you start the day, you've hit snooze three times and now you're running late and you're maybe you still have young kids or you've got a team that you're accountable to and you're racing out the door, right? We've all had those days on occasion. But when it becomes a pattern of being so busy that we feel like we just don't have time in the morning, that's really a story that has become a truth for us, but it's 100% in our control. So it can start as simple as truly setting your alarm for five to 10 minutes earlier than you've been setting it for and talking yourself into getting up on time without the snooze button the night before. And of course, your ability to do that is by making sure that you have a good nighttime routine as well, getting your sleep so that you don't feel like you have to hit the snooze six times, right? There's techniques specific to this, each and every one of these that would help you. We'll go into more detail in future episodes, but the first goal or the first tip I should say because not there's some that are more important than others but they're all incredibly important they they are all a critical piece to the jigsaw puzzle that is the optimal health for 2022 and any year for that matter so starting your day slow right being intentional I highly recommend that if you do not have a morning routine that you create one I actually even in saying that out loud truth be told you do have a morning routine the question is the morning routine that you currently have, is it busy, is it crazy, is it hectic, and does it ultimately work against you because you're starting off your day with that stress and that anxiety and that anticipation of what did I miss or am I running late, all the things, or is your morning routine one that is centered around intention, right? And starting with a tempo that allows you to experience God's peace and presence throughout the day. So the second, of course, once we do get up is I'm going to encourage you to be in God's word every morning. Now, I get that there are different seasons of life in which maybe truly that is not possible. For example, I was talking to one of my uh, clients this week whose you know, daughter isn't infant, but they're at a stage and an age where their sleep schedule is not on target. They're having some challenges with um, you know, regulating emotion and that type of thing. And so the schedule is unpredictable. So for her to try and get up 10 minutes earlier isn't even a reality. It's legitimate constraint because she never knows when her daughter might be getting up or what's happening And so there are times where it's difficult. There are times where it's an extreme circumstance. However, most of us 
can choose even if it's five minutes earlier or 10 minutes earlier by again reverse engineering the night before whenever possible and sometimes it's just kind of embracing the hard of getting up 10 minutes earlier that first week or two as your body and mind adjust to it but building in a pattern of starting your day in his word and this is part of my morning routine because at this point, and again, you don't have to own what I own in this season, right? This is just what I am convicted in, um, in a good way, uh, in this season of my life is that I truly feel at this point an understanding of God has such great plans and responsibility for me that I want to honor that and making sure that I'm checking in with him every single morning that to, to make sure that I'm connecting to his peace, to his purpose, that his way of being, his character is front of mind for me. And then I'm also spending some time to be still to, you know, for me, it might look like uh, scripture first. And sometimes a lot of times it actually looks like, you know, brain dumping into my journal first, not trying to make sense of it, just all the thoughts that have kind of, um, permeated through the night, right? We do think God tells us that he comes to us in our dreams and or our brain goes to work for us when we're sleeping. Again, that could be its own episode in of itself. So a lot of times my morning routine and starting in God's word starts with like brain dumping in my journal, right? And then going to his scripture. And for you, even if it's only that five minutes or 10 minutes, there's apps now or you could get, um, I would... I kind of steer away my I kind of steer my clients away from using apps simply because then it's so easy for you to be into your social media or into your emails or into your text messages. And I teach in guarding your time that you don't want to be on your phone first thing in the morning. You want to have that time with God and that space to be present with him, connect with him, be mindful of his character, his ways of being, renewing your mind as he calls us to before any other influences get into your mind. For me, I believe that is super critical and I've noticed a huge difference in the way I am able to show up for myself and others when that is part of my daily practice, when I am doing my part to make sure that I am not allowing anything else to get into my mind or my thoughts before having that time in my journal and having that time in his word and the time to listen. The third is prioritizing your sleep. Sleep is so critically important. It is God's built-in mechanism that allows our body to rest, repair, restore, recover. And when you are not getting quality sleep, then you are compromising your health from the standpoint of not just the number on the scale. There is plenty of studies that show that when you are not getting quality sleep, you're elevating hormones that tell your body to store body fat. It also tells your body to um, increase the hormone that tells your body that you're hungry. So that's why you feel like you have the munchies and you just can't get ahead of it on the days that you did not sleep the night before. But in addition to that, it's also sleep is what helps you optimize your body functions literally everything within your body, your your so much of that is is happening based on your quality of sleep. For example, there's also been studies um you could uh, look up Dr. Amen has a lot of great uh, information and insights on brain health and talks about, he talks a lot about not only the quality of uh, nutrition, which is key, but also how we sleep in order to optimize our brain health. So these tips are not just about 
looking and feeling good right now in this moment, whether you're in your 30s, maybe you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. I know a lot of the people that listen to this, women that listen to this podcast were, were in anywhere from between those 30s and 50s, right? So, But it's not just about optimizing the way our body looks or how we feel today. These are optimizing health is really looking at a long-term perspective of how do we want to be functioning into our 70s and 80s? Because the choices we make today even though they might seem small in the moment, they have a compounding effect for how we get to show up for ourselves and others into our 70s, 80s, 90s. Do you want to be mobile? Do you want to be in your best state of mind? Do you want to be cognitively aware? Do you want to still be engaging in dynamic conversations and, you know, helping and, you know, encouraging and or physically running after the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren? If that is part of your vision, plan and you want to be able to do that, then you must stop and think about what you're doing today for your health. Because if not now, then when, right? It all adds to this compounding effect. So sleep is super important. The fourth is uh, intentional daily movement. So this has a wide range. I think sometimes when we talk about workouts, if you've not moved intentionally, right? Obviously you move every day in your daily functions, but if you've not done workouts, so to speak, ever, or for the last five years or 10 years, it can sound overwhelming when someone tells you, well, just move more or move every day or whatever, because you instantly go to maybe what you've seen on Instagram or even T. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't know if it's on TV, but, um, you think of like these really hard, intense workouts. And so I'm going to encourage two kind of like the whole spectrum of people improve, work on physically improving from where you are. So for those of you that are listening, if you are my sister that has not moved like with intentional movement, right, for the last five or 10 years, or maybe you've never done a quote unquote workout in your life, start by just tracking your steps. Start by tracking what you're actually doing now today in movement, and then set a weekly goal for yourself of increasing that movement each week, right? Maybe you're only at three thousand steps a day then work on getting up to four thousand steps next week right track where you're at so that you know that you can imp- incrementally improve and for those of you that are are with me and, and your athletes I I'm telling you things might physically change as we get a little bit older I absolutely used to be one of the people that said age is just a number and then about 43 or so things definitely like I I have to I get to I don't have to I get to choose to spend more time in mobility. I get to choose to spend more time in stretching. I get to choose to be an even better student of my body when it comes to my sleep and my food intake and all those things. Even still, whether you're late 40s, 50s, or your 60s, and I'm going to encourage you and or, you know, you're you're just starting out in your movement or you consider yourself somewhat of an athlete, whether it be, you know, you're um, a body bodybuilding background or a crossfitter or you are still competing, whatever it is, continue to challenge yourself. There it, it is rare that it that people stay fit and stay strong and stay athletic well into their 70s and 80s, but that doesn't mean that that isn't the way that it should be. We, in my opinion, we are called to be set apart. We are called to be uncommon. Too many people settle for the story that they're older and they can't, right? There is a way. There might be things that look different or things that you do differently as we get older, um, but there is so much to be done and there are so many ways for you to continually change 
challenge yourself and progress yourself. And not that I'm boasting or bragging or anything along those lines, but I think I've shared with you, like I've continually challenged myself over the last, you know, 10 years, especially. And most recently I started CrossFit again. I had tried six or seven years ago um, and it was short lived for me because at the time, I, hindsight being 2020, I still had too much of a, a ego personally, not against anybody else, but just for my own. I felt I was still doing a lot of woulda, shoulda, couldas because I had such a strong strength background that I was getting hurt a lot. Right. Um, so I noticed that I was getting hurt way too much and decided that that just wasn't for me. I tried again um, this past year and have no ego at this point, or at least the, not that I'm aware of, um, and really enjoy challenging myself and figuring it out. So this is a new way for me to continually challenge myself physically, which then also challenges me mentally. And this, I'm telling you, my sister, this is one of the ways that you optimize health is by continually learning something new, even if it's a CrossFit, you know, Olympic lifting dynamic, right? When we're continually challenging our brain, when we're continually challenging our mindset, when we're continually pushing beyond what we think our limit is, that is part of optimizing our health. And that is part of staying youthful, regardless of the number that we are associated with. Make sense? Amen and amen. So the next is when to say no and when to say yes. There are too many of us that need to learn. And I, I want to say, I'm sorry, I'm watching my words, but you are going to be better served when you learn how to say no. I don't think that it is inherently a female trait, but I have coached a lot of women who are still in a place, not still as in a bad way, but they're in a place where they're getting their affirmation or their value through the like or the approval of others, which then draws them to say yes to a lot of things or overextend their commitments or not have good personal healthy boundaries. And that usually is at the expense of their own good. And I heard it said one time that whenever you're saying a yes to one thing, you are saying no to something else because you can't be divided, right? So if you are saying yes to something, and this was actually from a business principle, but if you're saying even from a business, whether it's business, health, personal self-care, if you're saying yes to, for example, to take on yet another project, maybe it's within your church community or even within your family, right? There comes a time where is that for your highest good? And it is not the selfish thing to say no, because if you are at the point, and, and this is where you get to use wisdom and discernment, we want to be giving, we want to um, serve our family, our loved ones, our spouses, our communities, and certainly our businesses and work hard to, to build them, right? God tells, basically sets the example for learning how to work hard and then rest and work hard and then rest, right? So all of that is needed, but it is so critical to make sure that we do not get so lost in the busyness that we forget that we are the foundation of whether or not that all that other stuff happens, right? I, I talk about this often, but our priority should be our personal relationship with God and then our self-care. And I put God first because he will always be first and we don't want to make anything else the idol, but it is important to understand that if you are limiting your own self-care. If you were saying yes to all the other things, 
and saying no to yourself or to time for your own self-care, your recovery, your well-being, your ability to eat well and move, all the things, then you are not truly serving to your greatest capacity. This was something that I realized, you know, when I first started my transformation 20 years ago was that as great of a mom as I thought I was, how much better would I be if I actually felt well? I never anticipated all that followed once I made the commitment. And sure, I felt I had guilty mom syndrome. I I was a single mom at the time. And so that meant that I was putting, you know, for a while I did videotapes at home and that did at least get me up enough courage to move my body and then get into a gym, uh, which meant that, you know, my young son at two years old then was going into their daycare and he had never had any babysitter. So there was tons of things, but I kept reminding myself, I can't keep going with the way I'm doing. The cost of where I was felt so much heavier than the sacrifice of feeling like a guilty mom in those moments, right? And reminding myself that when I made the time to make the better foods or learn how to make better foods when I was just learning how to figure it all out on my own at first uh, and or go into the gym, that that time invested made me so much stronger mentally and physically, right? And y'all know from the story of the first episode, my life was literally completely transformed as a result of making that time, Um, including my relationship with God. Well, he was the foundation of it, but um, everything, the way I integrated or interacted with my son. I had a whole new level of awesome mom. My, uh, I ended up going back into more of a career position versus just a job. I forever changed our financial trajectory, all the things, right? And I wouldn't be here today on this podcast. I wouldn't have built the business that I built, um, you know, helping thousands of women with the help of an amazing team for 10 years in a physical location. I wouldn't have done all the things I've done if I did not make those hard choices to catch the stinking thinking that was telling me that I was selfish to try and take care of myself. I was selfish to try and better myself and realize that that was the absolute best, most pivotal, short of accepting God into my life, making time for self-care to become healthy in both mind and body What with God's help was the best decision I have ever made in my life, hands down, right? Um, so the sixth one is eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible. And this comes back to nutrition. Nutrition, honestly, is not complicated. It is very simple. It is not easy because of the very last principle I'm going to share with you, but it is simple. When you are trying to optimize your health and well-being, it comes down to being as basic as eating as close to the ground or the animal. What do I mean by that? Take it as literally as you can, as close to the animal or the ground, meaning like you're eating vegetables, you're eating meat protein sources. If you're um, a vegan or vegetarian, that's another conversation, but getting protein sources in and not consuming packaged, processed, man-made um materials or quote unquote foods, right? There's so many different systems out there, whether it be shake systems or pills or supplements or fuelings or whatever you want to call it. And there might be a time or a place for a short season to leverage them so that you can get motivated, get, you know, whatever it is. Like I don't want to go, there are some that are totally just wrong and should never be integrated at all. And some may be appropriate for a while and or these, you know, extreme Um, restrictions of an entire food group. Any of those types of things are not for your highest good. Think about it. God is the same today as he was 
you know, before Jesus came, after Jesus came, always, right? And yes, he gives us a lot of advantages, but do you really think that God was sitting there thinking, man, I think that they should just be on liquids for the rest? Like it, when we think about it from God's perspective, it just doesn't equate in God's economy that that would be healthy. And science proves it's not healthy. When we go in crazy extremes in, um, you know, either extreme caloric restrictions or food group restrictions, sometimes with the food group restrictions, again, there's a time and place. But generally speaking, those things are going to work against you for the majority of people. Now, the only time you really need to worry, think about the details, caloric intakes, macros, those types of things, is when you're truly building an awareness for what you're taking in, because most women don't realize how much they're consuming or not consuming. Most of the women that come to me um, are actually under eating because they've been brainwashed and convinced that they need to eat you know, very little in order to lose the weight, and that actually works against you. Um, but when you are just starting out in this path of trying to get healthy and optimize health and fitness, you can do so much good just by choosing to focus on eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible, which means that, you know, not that you don't ever get to have your treats or your favorites or enjoy whatever with your friends and family that you've used to enjoy, but that you understand that the majority of the time you're eating as close to the ground or the animal as possible. And over time, your want to's will change in, in what that looks like. So I'm going to leave that there for now. And the next one is number seven is to stop dieting and develop a sustainable way of eating so that you create sustainable results. And this kind of ties hand in hand with eat as close to the ground of the animal. But when you are going on these like extreme caloric restrictions or eliminating an entire food group, I'm totally going to bash keto right now. Not that it's the horrible end all be all, but it's what I, one of the things that I hear about often where women will say, yeah, it worked really well for me, but then the holidays. It did not work really well for you if it's not sustainable. It did not work really well for you if you lost the 25 pounds and then gained 30 pounds back because you slowed down your metabolism in the process and because you mentally restricted yourself for so long, your mind is like, give me all the carbs. And your body is then saying, yeah, give me more carbs because carbs and fast processed sugars are addicting and it is signaling your body for more. So then you get to start the process all over again. The problem is, is that the time that you did it the first time or the second time or the third time with each iteration, you slowed down your base metabolic rate. And I talk about that more in the episode, um, damaging diet trends. So I encourage you to check that out, but you really want to build a eating protocol around what is going to be sustainable, which means that you have a plan that allows you to enjoy your favorites when you want to have your favorites with, uh, without condemnation and guilt and spiraling with temptations for three and four days. I am here to tell you it is 100% possible. I am living proof of it, and I've coached thousands of women at this point through creating lifestyles of health and change not just a drop 20 pounds for this summer or whatever the case may be, right? We want to focus on optimizing health and looking at the bigger picture. Wanting to have six-pack abs, if you want that, there's like you can have that too. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying that we don't want to, and or you don't have to want to have six-pack abs, right? Whatever is going to be optimal for your body, for your state of being, right? Uh, 
But my point is, is that we want to look at the big picture and we want to be mindful of the choices we are making today, knowing that every choice we make has a compounding effect, not just for how we're feeling, how we're showing and how we're operating today and our effectiveness for ourselves, our effectiveness for being able to relate to our uh, people that we love the most because nutrition plays a direct role on your ability to regulate your emotions. So it can, when you are not regulating your nutrition well, you are probably not as in control of your, or even aware of your emotions, mood swings, fatigue, brain fog, all the things, which means that you're not relating well to others and you're not showing up for whatever your business is. And whether that's working for somebody else or you're an entrepreneur, uh, either way, if you are not healthy yourself, if you're not intentionally in progress of optimizing health and mind and body, then you aren't able to give out your best because you are not at your best. So critical to understand that. And then the last but not least, because it is probably the most important short of spending time with God every day, is learning to recognize your thoughts that disempower you and learning how to build thoughts that empower you. And this is a a really core critical element of the work that I get to do with women. And I'm so grateful for my journey over the last 20 years. And I'm so grateful for the battles that I've experienced in understanding this and really learning how to adapt these principles that God has given me through his word, but really turning it into practical tools because so often we you have blind spots. You have things that you've believed for so long, you've assumed them as truth. So to be even to even be able to recognize what thoughts are disempowering you is a challenge in and of itself. And that's where it it Connecting with a coach or a mentor is so critical for whatever aspect you want to grow and improve in because they're going to see things that you cannot see because you're sitting in them, right? I hope that makes sense to you. And then, of course, building thoughts that empower, getting ahead of the stinking thinking, as I call it, so that you can call on God's word. You can call on what is true about you and you can learn how to do that in a very practical way because when you do that, then you're able, you're in a better position to do all the things I've already talked about. Because when you're able to manage your thoughts, then you're able to build that routine that starts with your sleep, going back to number one, so that then next morning you start your day with intention, but you know with a, a, a pace that is manageable that you're able to kind of set the tone for the day. When you man- are able to manage your emotion, you're more likely to make the time for yourself to be in God's word and connect with him. When you're able to manage your emotion, you create an open space for in the capacity for you to better hear and understand whatever God is trying to impress upon you. When you are able to catch your thoughts and manage them and d- uh, build thoughts that empower, you're able to prioritize your sleep. You're able to have the confidence to know when to say no and when to say yes. You're able to talk yourself into daily movement, even if you don't feel like it on any given day. You're able to make the choices that align 
with eating as close to the ground of the animal as possible because you're not as tempted, not that you won't ever be tempted, but as tempted and or when you are tempted to eat something that is not for your highest good, you can discern, is it really worth it in this moment or am I just emotionally reacting to something, right? When you are in control and understanding your thoughts and uh, taking build, you've built the ability to take your thought captive and build these thoughts that empower. You also understand why you're you don't want to be in this quote unquote yo yo of dieting for the rest of you know your. You probably don't see it as the rest of your life, but how long have you been already doing that, right? You want to, you're able to create a system that's going to work for you and be sustainable. That's why number eight is so important because it's such a critical foundation of all the others. So I hope that that was helpful for you. If it was, please, as always, do me a favor, leave a review for this episode and share it with a friend. And for those of you that are ready to start your 2022 year with a strong, healthy mind and body, truly optimizing your health and well-being for God's glory and your own self-worth and value and energy and all the things that you want to be experiencing so that you truly feel and good and enjoy everyday life, then I would love to connect with you and find out if we're a good fit for each other to work together in this 2022 year. You can go to RebeccaTabert.com forward slash Kingdom Fit Academy. I'll put a link in the show notes and let's schedule a call to connect and find out how you can get started with this new year with strong intention and focused for your highest good. Fair enough. Talk soon. Bye for now.